Hello and welcome to a special episode of Fireside Stories, Road Trip Edition. My name is Mac and I'll be your host today. For episode 46, we had a special request to hear a story about our favorite squirrels. So grab a travel cup for your milk and bag up those cookies. Here we go. Today's story comes from the Dead Sea Squirrels, Nutty Study Buddies, by Mike Nauraki. Lazy people want much, but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. Proverbs 13, verse 4. But wait, before we start, who were the Dead Sea Squirrels? Israel, A.D. 70. Merle and Pearl Squirrel cruised down the Jordan River on the vacation of a lifetime. The squirrels end up at the Dead Sea where, Hey, you can't sink. I've always wanted to not sink. Couldn't you just have worn your floaties in the lake back home? Soon the two salty squirrels are hot, thirsty, and desperate for shade. Then they spot a cave. Merle's sense of adventure lures him into the cave, despite Pearl's protests. If God wanted you to go into a cave, he would have made you a bat. 1,950 years later, 10-year-old Michael Gomez is spending the summer at the Dead Sea with his professor dad and his best friend Justin. While exploring a cave, without his dad's permission, Michael discovers two dried-out, salt-covered critters and stashes them in his backpack. Michael sneaks the squirrels back home with him to Tennessee. He sets them up like posable action figures on his dresser under an open window. While Michael is sleeping, a thunderstorm rolls in and it begins to rain. Rehydrating the squirrels, up and kicking again after almost 2,000 years, Merle and Pearl Squirrel have great stories and advice to share with the modern world. They are the Dead Sea Squirrels. Chapter 1 Merle, wake up Merle. Merle Squirrel heard his wife Pearl calling him softly. He slowly opened his eyes to find himself surrounded by Pearl, Michael, Justin, and Sadie. Oh, what happened? Where am I? Merle asked groggily. The last thing he remembered was being in the lunchroom of Walnut Creek Elementary School munching on a chicken nugget. We're back home, Merle, Michael said. I think my news was a little too much for you. Sadie smiled at him. Sadie had discovered that the squirrels had witnessed the Sermon on the Mount first paw, which is like firsthand, except for squirrels, which meant that they must have been suspended in time in a cave by the Dead Sea for nearly 2,000 years. 
Merle and Pearl knew the world was much different now than the one they remembered, but knowing just how much time had passed had overwhelmed Merle. I didn't know squirrels could faint, Justin said. I've seen goats do it. Justin stiffened his limbs and fell sideways onto the bed. You'd faint too if you realized you were 2,000 years old, Merle answered. It's not natural. Squirrels usually go on for a few decades. Tops. We've got Methuselah beat by a long shot, Pearl said proudly. But we were asleep for most of it, so I'm not sure it counts for the record. This is huge, guys, Sadie said. Michael, we need to tell your dad. He'll know what to do. No way, Michael said. I would get so busted. I just got done being grounded for getting lost in the cave. I don't know what dad would do if he found out I smuggled back talking artifacts. I resent being called an artifact, Merle sniffed. <laughs> Makes me feel old. You are old, dear. Pearl patted his paw. What if they have to go back to the Dead Sea, Michael said. I don't want to go back there, Merle protested. It's too hot. We're not even from there. We were just on vacation, Pearl said, making air quotes with her paws. I like it here, where there are trees and nuts and chicken nuggets, Merle said. Don't make us go back. Nobody's making anybody go back. Michael crossed his arms. You can hide out in my backpack. No one needs to know. Michael, Sadie said, they can't hide in your backpack forever. No offense to your backpack, Pearl agreed, but it's a little snug. Well, Jane will be at school tomorrow, so maybe you guys can hang out in my room, Michael suggested. Michael's little sister Jane attended preschool three days a week. While she was at school, the family cat, Mr. Nemesis, stayed closed up in her room. Good idea, Merle said. While you're at school, we'll stay here and come up with a plan for where to settle down. Squirrel witness protection. It's like a spy movie, Justin said. I like it. Well, we should get going, Justin, Sadie said. We all have a mask test to study for. Oh, don't remind me, Michael groaned as Sadie and Justin headed out. Chapter 2 Math came much easier for Justin and Sadie than it did for Michael. For some reason, Michael had to study twice as hard to end up with the same grade. This stinks, Michael complained as he sat down at his desk, staring down at his math book. I just don't get this. Why don't I get this? Let's have a look. Pearl hopped up onto Michael's desk. Pearl, a first century rodent, was not schooled in formal mathematics, but she'd had to deal with limited resources her whole life so she had a natural talent for counting and calculating. She peered at Michael's math book. Hmm. 
This looks interesting. I think I might be able to figure this out. Knock, knock, knock. Somebody rapped on Michael's door. Merle and Pearl looked at him in a panic. Hide, he whispered. The two squirrels scurried under Michael's bed as he called out, Come in. Hey, buddy. Dr. Gomez, Michael's dad, opened the door. What are you up to? Michael looked down at his math book. Math, he said gloomily. I have a test in a couple of days. Not your favorite subject, huh? Dr. Gomez asked. Not by a long shot. It's easy for Justin and Sadie. It's totally not fair. Well, some things come easier to some people. That just means you have to work a little harder. Like I said, totally not fair. Michael scowled. Tell you what, Dr. Gomez said, taking out his wallet. Here's a little motivation. He pulled out a $10 bill. If you can get at least a B on your test, this is for you. I'll stick it on the fridge. Make sure it's high enough so Jane can't snag it, Michael said. Dr. Gomez smiled. You're a smart kid. If you work hard, I'm sure you can get a good grade. Thanks, Dad. Dr. Gomez ruffled Michael's hair. Well, I'll leave you to it. Let me know if you need any help. He left the room, calling over his shoulder. If you need any inspiration, check the fridge. Pearl and Merle came out of hiding. Well, you heard the man, Pearl said, hopping back up onto Michael's desk. Ten dollars is a lot of money, Michael said. Let's do this. But Michael's enthusiasm for studying didn't last longer than ten minutes. Michael covered his face with his hands. I don't get it. Let me see if I can help you figure it out, Pearl said. Michael slammed his math book shut. I need a break. I'll do this tomorrow. Chapter 3 Pearl scurried along the thick branch of the walnut tree outside of Michael's room, carrying a sack of walnuts. She jumped down onto the windowsill and called out, Merle, breakfast! Walnuts were plentiful at that time of year, so it hadn't taken her long to find enough nuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She climbed into the room and looked around for Merle. Hello, she called out. Ah, good morning, Merle sighed cheerfully as he exited Michael's bathroom wiping his wet whiskers with the back of his paw. It's incredible. No matter how much I drink, it keeps filling itself back up. I tell you, Pearl, it's like the loaves and the fishes. A few days earlier, Merle had discovered an inexhaustible source of water in Michael's bathroom. Merle had been so excited that Michael hadn't had the heart to tell him what a toilet is supposed to be used for. The bedroom door burst open and Michael ran in. Hey guys, gotta go, Justin's here. He scurried for his backpack. For Justin, being on time to school meant getting there 30 minutes early. Being late totally freaked Justin out, which totally stressed Michael out. 
The result was two fifth graders who were always on time, which was a positive as far as their parents and teachers were concerned. Have a great day and figure out a good plan, Michael called as he rushed out the door. Pearl noticed that his math book was still on the desk, but before she could remind him to take it, he shouted, Make sure to keep the door closed in case Mr. Nemesis gets out. Bye. And with that, he shut the door. You forgot your math book, Pearl called, but Michael was gone. Chapter 4 How is he going to study for his test without his book? Pearl worried. It's too late now. Merle hopped up onto the desk and tried to lift the book. There's no way we can bring this to school. It's way too heavy. Suddenly, Pearl had an idea. What if I work on figuring out how to help Michael with his test while you work on a plan for where we're going to live? She asked Merle. Merle knew that his job was going to be much more adventurous. Sounds good to me. You explore the book, and I'll explore the trees. He responded. As Pearl cracked open Math is Your Friend, 5th grade edition, Merle scurried up a branch of the walnut tree outside Michael's bedroom. When it comes to house hunting, the first thing a squirrel will look for is a nice hole in a tree, preferably somewhere up high. High and dry, as Merle liked to say. Squirrels aren't hole makers, they're hole finders. The two best bets are a knot that has fallen out or a decomposed area between branches. If a squirrel is no look finding space inside a tree, they'll resort to making a nest on the tree in the form of a nest. However, nests are rarely as dry and cozy as a knot hole. If it's not a knot, not, Merle also liked to say. The good news about most of the trees near Michael's house was that they had plenty of knot holes. The bad news, as Merle found out time after time, was that they were all occupied. Ah! screamed one squirrel. Oh, sorry, miss, Merle apologized. Who are you? demanded another. Beg your pardon, sir. Get off my limb! ordered a third. After a number of other awkward moments, and having grown tired and embarrassed of surprising other rodents in their homes, Merle headed back to Michael's bedroom. Sorry, Pearl, there's no room in the ends, he reported. I figured as much, Pearl mumbled as she studied an explanation of long division. Where there's a lot of nuts, there's bound to be a lot of squirrels. Those trees are definitely full of nuts, Merle agreed. No sooner had the words left his mouth than he noticed something interesting on the floor of Michael's room. What's that? He asked. Pearl looked down and spotted what you or I would call an air vent. However, neither Merle nor Pearl had ever seen one. She shrugged and continued with her reading. 
It looks like a little jail in the ground. Merle approached the vent, noting the little metal bars that stretched across it. I wonder what they keep in it. Not being a ground squirrel, Merle would normally have had no interest in exploring a damp, dirty hole in the ground as a potential home, especially one housing a potential prisoner. But this particular hole was dry and relatively clean. He grabbed the grate and easily lifted it off the floor. If it's a jail, it's not a very good one. Merle remarked, Pearl, I'm going to check this out. That's nice, dear, Pearl answered softly, concentrating on her reading. Chapter 5 Time for math, Miss McKay called out. Take out your math books. Michael reached into his backpack and felt around for his math book. Then he unzipped the pack and looked inside. Oh no, he said. Is there something wrong, Michael? Miss McKay asked. Um, no ma'am. Michael answered, looking up from his pack. Miss McKay turned to write on the smart board and Michael leaned over to Justin. I forgot my book. Can I look at yours? He whispered. Sure. Justin slid his book to the edge of the desk. Less than 10 minutes into the lesson, Michael got tired of listening to Miss McKay while leaning over to read Justin's book. So he did what many kids in class do who are pretending to pay attention. He doodled. By 30 minutes into the lesson, he'd sketched a masterpiece of plastic pipery, an intricate tangle of tubes running all over his bedroom, like the Taj Mahal for hamsters. Check this out. Michael whispered proudly to Justin, sliding his drawing over to his friend. Merle and Pearl would love to live in something like this. Justin was confused. Michael, you do know we have a test tomorrow. You gotta know this stuff. I know, I know, Michael said. I'll study when I get home. Chapter 6 Merle called out into the pitch-black aluminum tunnel, his voice echoing off the metallic walls. He had a sudden twinge of panic as he remembered being lost in the cave near the Dead Sea. Some memories, even ones that are 2,000 years old, don't fade easily. What am I doing down here? He said to himself. He turned around and shouted, Pearl! Can you hear me? Right here, Pearl's slightly annoyed voice answered faintly. She was much more interested in her book than she was in what Merle was up to. But just hearing her voice helped to reassure him that he was not lost. Suddenly, a very fast and very cold wall of air hit Merle head on. Whoa, he yelled. It's cold, dark, and windy, Pearl. This may not be the home we're looking for. The rapid movement of the air carried Merle's voice clearly to Pearl, but she chose not to answer. But even if she had, 
her voice would not have carried it back upstream. Though he didn't realize it, Merle was experiencing modern air conditioning. It's like winter down here, he yelled. But just as he was about to give up and turn back towards Michael's room, he spotted a faint light up ahead. What's that? He pressed on through the frigid headwind. After making his way forward a few more yards, Merle found himself looking up through another set of metal bars into a room above. With little effort, he was able to push the grate up and out into the room. Definitely not a jail, he concluded, popping his head up into the room. Merle found himself in a new world, one very different from Michael's room. This was very pink with lots of pillows. So, so many pillows. Merle crawled up out of the vent onto the floor, looking at walls lined with princess posters and a bookshelf full of dolls. It's so fluffy. He said out loud as he made his way into the center of the room. Not exactly my style, but very comfortable. Merle was beginning to feel proud of himself for having discovered this amazing fluffy world under the ground. He wondered if this was what he was missing out on by not being a ground squirrel. Pearl is going to love this. He said as he turned to see a big, white, fluffy bed in the corner. But his joy was quickly turning to tear when he saw that on the top of that big, white, fluffy bed sat a big, white, fluffy cat. Meow, said Mr. Nemesis. In cat language, that means, what do we have here? Or, my, don't you look delicious. Chapter 7 Ah! Merle screamed as he stumbled back into the air vent. His paws slipped on the wood floors. Before he could reach the safety of the hole in the floor, Mr. Nemesis pounced onto the vent, blocking Merle's escape. Ah! Merle screamed again, turning to escape in the opposite direction. In the quiet of Michael's room, Pearl heard a faint sound through the wall. She casually looked up from her math book and asked, Merle, did you say something? Meanwhile, Merle was running for his life. Feathers flew as Mr. Nemesis chased Merle over Jane's bed pillows the cat's claws tearing the pillowcases and releasing their plumes. Merle dove into Princess Pretty Pretty's castle and slipped out through the drawbridge as Mr. Nemesis landed on top of the main turret, causing the castle to topple over. Merle scurried under the bed as Mr. Nemesis regained his footing and followed. As Merle came out from under the bed, he spotted the vent opening. The coast was clear. He made a mad dash, running faster than he had ever run in his life. 
Approaching his target, he leapt into the air and performed a perfect swan dive into the duct. Mr. Nemesis, so focused on catching Merle, failed to realize a cat is much too large to fit into a floor vent. The cat pounced high into the air and landed front paws and head first into the vent with a loud thump. Meow! Yowled Mr. Nemesis, his head and front legs wedged into the vent, his back legs kicking wildly, trying in vain to free himself. Merle yelled in relief as he scurried back through the vent towards Michael's room and safety. <laughs>